0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Buzzard Roost Saddles. Buzzard Roost Saddles was born in the swamps of Santa Ma, South Louisiana, and their purpose is to get you standing over your next carcass so you can pick them clean. Proudly made in the USA, every Buzzard Roost Saddle is handcrafted with a patent pending system that brings you independent angle adjustments on your top and bottom panels to provide ultimate comfort. Standing by their motto, We Ain't Fancy, Buzzard Roost helps you get the job done without making things overcomplicated. If you're looking for the next tool in your hunting arsenal, you can connect with Buzzard Roost Saddles on Facebook and Instagram, or you can visit their website at buzzardroostsaddles.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt the Wild podcast. I'm your host Adam Bolds. Um, I'm back after a little bit of a break, guys. I need to, to step back and take care of some things and uh, went on vacation with my family uh, down to Port Myers Beach, Florida, so that was fun. Um, I've got Eric Clark from OKS Hunter on the on the show this evening. Um, we'll be picking, picking his brain on the OKS Hunter podcast and uh, kind of how they came up with the idea of it and... Uh, what the OKS Hunter podcast is all about and uh, anything else we feel like talking about. So um, how you doing, Eric? Uh, I'm going to throw Eric up here on the screen and we'll uh, jump into it. Eric, could you kind of tell everybody a little bit just about yourself, maybe outside the podcast, what you like to do, um, that sort of thing, and then we'll kind of roll with it.
1: Yeah, outside the podcast, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. Uh, I love the outdoors. It's my release it's my get back to neutral recharge the batteries uh i'm really mainly only obsessed with hunting whitetail i tried turkey hunting i've tried duck hunting once each it was fine but i they don't it's not the same as deer hunting for me so certainly you know that's a year-round something that i think about uh and in addition to that i'm also pretty obsessed with business and marketing (laughs) so in my leisure revolves around all of those things and how I tie those things together. So that's a uh, you know something that I, I put a lot of energy and effort into. You can usually find me listening to a hunting podcast or a business podcast so
0: So um, before we kind of jump into what OK hunter is all about, why would you say that that deer hunting is is your thing? Why is it your favorite? What draws you in that direction and, instead of off somewhere else?
1: I'm sure as you know any deer hunter, that might be listening and your audience could attest It's something that seeps into your bones. Um, for me, at least it was, it was my dad uh, that got me into it quite literally. He taught me some things. He, you know, he got me the gear, he got me set up. He, you know, showed me some things and, um, but I was already interested in it well before that had even happened just in the sense that I would go and track whitetails without hunting them and I would climb a tree and sit there for hours on end in hopes to see one and uh I was just obsessed with being outside and there's something about autumn or fall in that time of year and just having a a a deep desire to just be in the woods and Mm -hmm. uh for me just hunting whitetail is just incredible I'm not saying that I'm great at it but I just love the experience um and you know as I've hunted over the years I've continued to leverage uh nature to like ground myself
0: so was deer hunting the first thing that you um experienced when you were younger or did you try out small game or something like that first
1: i've never i'd never done any small game i still haven't uh i i'm excited to try it at some point i know greg who runs the the podcast with me does a bit of small game hunting i got a buddy that uh, i hunt whitetail with that's also into small game hunting so it's certainly something that I, I want to try. I've heard it's a lot of fun. It's very different than, you know, whitetail hunting. You don't have to worry about time control and maybe sitting still forever and all that stuff. But, you know, whitetail hunting for me is the, is the creme de la creme. It's what I care most about. And I, that's only to say that I haven't elk hunted yet. <laughs> so we'll see yeah. what happens when I get to that point in my life. I'm sure that'll have a no, a whole different meaning on my life and, and what I do with that. But it's very accessible. Uh, you know, I can go bow hunt, whitetail any given day of the week come hunting season, you know, barring that my wife can handle our three kids. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, small game hunting, um, you know, I hear a lot of people and myself included go squirrel hunting and, you know, August, September and all that stuff to not only squirrel hunt, but kind of scout and prep for deer season and kind of just gives you an excuse to, to kind of be out there and, and all that stuff. But I want to jump into, the okayest hunter brand and the okayest hunter podcast um just where where did you come up with it were you just you know sitting at work one day and you're like i'm going to start a podcast or was it like something you thought about for years kind of give the the rundown on how how you got going doing all that
1: i certainly did think about it for years to some degree but to to give the full story i do have to back up quite a bit to i think like 2013 or something so long before OKS as hunter ever existed it was where to hunt not to be confused with wired to hunt because i am certainly no mark kenyon um (laughs) far more articulate than i am and he wrote a book and stuff so uh (laughs) so nonetheless you know i started uh where to hunt off the back of app development which was an app that helps hunters identify occupied and unoccupied hunting land and that was fine uh i think the first go of that app we got ten thousand downloads and i had built a community prior to the episodes facebook community in effort to uh find intel on public lands that were close to home this is before the dnr locally in wisconsin had done much to like provide digital tools to determine where you can access public hunting land so uh facebook community grew overnight to you know like ten thousand. then the app came and then the podcast and, I, and maybe the order is wrong i don't remember it's a long time ago but the, the podcast was meant to strengthen and build upon that community that was created and like share that, oh, by the way, we have an app. And uh, through doing that podcast, I quickly went in the offense and started calling myself the OKest Hunter to some degree because I didn't have huge trophies on my wall. Um, I was doing a podcast to learn about hunting selfishly and to build a community. And mm-hmm. that worked to a degree, but there was nothing that really significantly... Differentiated where to hunt from any other podcast. I was talking about hunting tactics and tips, and sharing knowledge, and talking to all of the same people that you know run on most podcast circuits. Uh, and as being on the offense and calling myself the OKS hunter, and 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 suddenly the OKS podcast in the Midwest and so forth, that started to strike a chord. Um, and somewhere along the way, in 2017, the year my daughter was born, uh, which is crazy cool, that she's going to be four, or she's gonna be five give me five <laughs> i can't do math. but when i i shot my first deer with a bow it was a doe fawn from the ground at about 10 yards and i was sitting up against a tree and she was cresting up on uh, a bit of a, a i wouldn't say a hill but above me in a wooded uh hardwood area and you know i did so i just didn't see that she was a doe fawn uh I was just really excited to finally let an arrow loose on a deer, <laughs> like for the first time ever, because I was a bit of an adult onset hunter, especially when it came to bow. I started with gun first and eventually worked my way into bow because my dad gave me hand-me-down. So I shot this doe. My dad happened to be with me. He was in a different area in the same woods. And when I walked up on this thing, I was like, oh my God, it's a it's a fawn. It's tiny. Um, you know, but it was still a really important moment for me. And the fact that my dad was there, here I am as a 30 30 or 31 year old dude. And I felt like I was 12 years old next to my dad. I felt like a kid because it was uh, a first. It was a first public land deer with a bow, uh, you know, from the ground. It just happened to be a doe fawn. And it was a pretty big moment for me. And so I shared that photo that my dad took me with my bow laid across this doe fawn. It wasn't much bigger than my bow. And I got shit on for it pretty heavily. And that was messed up to me i'm like you don't know anything about my hunting journey where i'm at the fact that you know i was adult onset with this stuff this is my first one public's from the ground there are variables other than my dad it was very meaningful to me for that reason um not to mention by the way it was really easy to drag out of the woods and it tasted great Uh, (laughs) but those things aside i was like what is wrong with people i'm a hunter we're hunters like why why is this a problem you know you're not ethical. You're a piece of crap. I can't believe you'd kill that thing. That's Bambi. My dog's bigger than that. Like, you're an idiot. And I got dog piled on this stuff. And then I felt regret for having posted it. I felt ashamed. And I then started to believe, well, maybe I am unethical. Maybe that was a poor choice. Like, what well, is wrong with me? But it was a heart shot and it died quick. And so my bow was accurate. I was on the ground. I did what I came to do. And I was able to, you know, provide for my family that year. I love having venison in the freezer, honestly. So, with that all said, um, you know, I had our podcast going and and I was starting to tell people like I bought the domain name Humble Hunter. And then I eventually learned that there was a girl that goes by Humble Huntress. So like that was out of that was out of there. I thought there needed to be less ego, a focus on humble pie. Uh, and then I was like, well, I'm only OK at this stuff. I've been kind of saying that I wonder if this domain name is available. So I bought it and then I sat on it for a while. I pitched it to a couple of buddies. They're like, yeah, I don't really get it. And we're not going to do it um like, right, whatever so then eventually i pitch it to another buddy that i who was now a buddy he wasn't a buddy at the time he was a listener of the podcast i got coffee with him and he was like this idea is great i totally get it i see what you're talking about i had been in he had been a, a victim of some like victim of deer shaming that sounds so weird <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah Jack, experience that. that shit sucks so we late 2019 uh kicked off okay as hunter instagram page and back when we started if you go back far enough the the logo was the okay symbol you would make with your hand well i didn't know or realize that shortly thereafter that was suddenly had become the international symbol for hate or something weird oh like what why would that be the symbol for hate it's always meant okay so then (laughs) somewhere i think in 2020 during the pandemic i got bored during lunch and i made what is now our logo because i do graphic design and uh 2020, June of 2020, we officially uh, codified our LLC and launched our our uh, store, OKSHunter.com. So we then officially had a website, but prior to that, we did like um, Bonfire.com. We, we put our logo on some t-shirts to see if people liked it and we sold out. Like, all right, well, let's try a Shopify and let's get this website live. And it's, it is it has just grown... Um, significantly since then so that's the bit of the backstory you know uh as to how it started so it's built off the back of let's end deer shaming this is bullshit we're all hunters we should be on the same team and as we started to dig into that we started to discover more and more stuff that aligns with what we're trying to do here
0: now do you guys have a, a t-shirt or a hoodie that says victim of uh of deer shaming
1: oh no <laughs> we don't have one of those we do have. I my would definitely wear that yeah no, it's a it's a problem. It really yeah. is, and we're 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 in the trenches on that daily, especially right now. Like the amount of comments that we go in uh, to bat on is just ridiculous. And honestly, you know, it, it's not a fight fire with fire thing. I'm trying to transcend it and rise okay. above and educate some people that like there's a bigger picture here at play, and and what's bad for the hive is bad for the bee, and our industry is really 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 small. Uh, when you take this stuff to the polls, we lose no matter what. There's no winning. We are vastly outnumbered. Hunters make up maybe, maybe 10% of the population, probably like six. And most of the people going to the polls are not hunters. And if they are hunters, again, we're such a small percentage of the population that we're just outnumbered. So if some Democrats or whatever you want to, you know, I'm not going to be in politics here, but if they start introducing bills to strip away the things that we love, we're going to lose. And so we shouldn't, be fighting amongst ourselves. There's a battle out there we need to we need to fight. So that's kind of you know thinking a little bit bigger and not being like, "Can't be you shot that spike book." Well, mm-hmm. that that's a, that we can we can tackle that problem later. But for now, we need to get along and recognize that someone paid money for their tag and and their circumstances and hunting journey is different than mm-hmm. yours probably. So let's not tell people what to do with their tag, and instead let's just focus on being you know decent to one another and uh try to make sure that we we can actually fight a battle uh if we need to because it's it's happening like you can look at the Pittman robertson act stuff that's coming down the pike currently it's uh it's crazy man
0: yeah i think it's um it's it's bad when you know you have guys that are probably they go out every time and they can shoot 130s every time they go out and then they'll turn around and bash a guy that like maybe hunts public and maybe he's been hunting one or two years he's hunting with a bow and he like shoots a spike but that's the only deer he's seen all year from their side i see like man why is he shooting a spike like we see big deer all the time but they don't understand that that other little guy he might not he might not see very many deer a year and i don't know man i i try to stay away from that stuff too but it always seems to be able to find me (laughs) can you explain to everybody kind of where the the my tag my hunt came from it came from someone else and i don't remember who it was oh really
1: it wasn't even ours but someone said dude it's it's your tag it's your hunt like who cares i was like oh my god that's brilliant can we use that (laughs) and honestly i don't i just i wish i do remember who it was and maybe they could speak up because i'd love to give them credit for it uh It just, it resonated so closely to what we were doing that it made so much sense to adopt. And you know, what we did come up with was never pass. And we did that to be abrasive and obtuse on purpose because we got sick of people saying, you know, you should have passed. And we're like, how about you don't tell me what the hell to do. (laughs) And, and in addition to that, we say never pass on making memories. you know never pass on a chance to fill your freeze never pass on shooting what makes you happy. Um, so it, it, it does unpack to be more than just we're not trying to be an a-hole um, mm-hmm. or trying to create some friction here to get people to stop to pay attention to open their eyes and realize you know maybe you should consider some other ideologies here because some of the the big buck mentality stuff which we're not shaming on that either uh, because it is your tag and your hunts so if you want to chase a 200 inch deer and or a 10 inch spike like it doesn't matter we're on the same team but for some reason, it's this one school of thought that's been institutionalized over, I don't know, the last decade or two that we only need to be shooting big deer. And what I've seen and what we've seen uh, at OKS Hunter is literally children that hunt kids will not shoot any deer because it's not 180 inch deer because that's what they see on YouTube. And therefore, mm-hmm. they're not getting any exposure to what it's like to shoot a deer. They're not getting any practice, any real-world experience. They're literally holding out and expecting that they ought to be seeing one of those caliber deer out of the gate. And the analogy that I've used time and time again is, look, you're not going to go to the gym and walk out chiseled the next day, especially if you're 400 pounds. Even if you've got a dad bod, it's going to take <laughs> some time to you know, get rid of the fat and, and, and tone up a little bit it's a process. And the only way to, to get there is by doing the work and, and doing the pushups and lifting the weights and squeezing the trigger and, and drawing back and taking some shots. And that's when you make memories, when you fail, especially you solder that failure into your mind and you learn from failure. If you're only thinking you're going to have success and you're only going to see big deer, that's, that is a sad reality. And you might get lucky out of the gate, and then your every other hunt's going to suck for you for a long time because you're going to learn real quick that that's how it always goes. Um, so that's, you know, I don't remember the question specifically, but that's, you know, a little bit of like my tag, my hunt, never pass. Shooter buck uh, is something we talk about a lot, and that's in the eye of the beholder. You know, a shooter to you might be different than a shooter to me. And that's okay because we're at different places in our hunting journey.
0: Now, I won't throw out any names here, but you said, you know, kids or whatever whoever it might be it doesn't have to be kids we'll see these giants getting killed on youtube or whatever and then they go to their woods and and they don't shoot a deer um maybe there's not one in there you know what does a guy do if he feels like he needs to kill a boon and crockett buck but he doesn't have property to hunt that has that on it. Say he has one property, one piece of public around him. It's pretty small. He's done all the inventory and it's just like full of basket rack bucks. That's a
1: circumstantial Uh, thing. And if that's your reality, then you just, maybe you make do and, and you kill what you can to get your reps in. Um, so you get comfortable and confident at full draw. And, And then you look to do some out of state hunts or you jump a couple counties over or you take a trip or you get in, touch with some guys that that know what they're doing um and have access to something that maybe you don't and, and that looks like a lot of different things right there's probably a bunch of topics and podcasts you could do on on that subject all by itself mm-hmm. but you still got to get the reps in because even if you haven't shot those years because it's not the caliber you want and then you finally get to the big league where you know maybe you go to iowa and there's big bucks everywhere you're gonna shit your pants and yeah. if you never placed a shot before from a stand or from the ground or for, from whatever position you're trying to shoot from that arrow's gonna go sailing over the back you're gonna injure an animal you're gonna have a pretty poor experience and so is that animal so like get good at getting good so you can place ethical shots um and and that comes down to practice too of course you, you should be practicing with how you intend to shoot if you're gonna hunt out a saddle you should probably take a couple shots out your saddle if you're gonna hunt from a tree stand you should probably take a couple shots from a tree stand and so forth um but there's nothing that can replace real world real world experience i could have my wife pitch some baseballs to me and i could slug them out of the park but until i you know uh square up on the home plate and a, and a mlb pitcher sends a bald flying down like i'm not gonna hit that how are you gonna get good at hitting that you're gonna have to try it out <laughs> you're gonna have to at some point take enough swings at a batting cage or something that's gonna be of that caliber
0: mm-hmm. why do you think that people get so wrapped up in what other people care about their kills is it like um who's better than who thing, or do you think people just want to like argue? I mean, why does anyone really care? I, I like to say that I don't care, but maybe deep down I do, but I tell myself that I don't care, but I don't, I don't know. Like, why do I care what some guy in Iowa thinks about my deer?
1: It it is a world of social media to some degree, right? That, that, that is something that we're dealing with. Um, you know, I will point to stoic philosophy a little bit and, and I'll tell you that it's, it is really challenging to take the higher ground in some of these conversations that are happening on social media. I'd be lying if I didn't say it it didn't get my blood boiling Uh, because it does. I get pretty fired up and especially because someone's attacking the brand that I'm working to build. This is like my fourth child to me. So, Mm -hmm. but, but then I realized like, again, I have to, I have to, kind of uh, preach what I say or say what I preach or whatever the, the terminology there is. But look, there's three things that happen according to stoicism when you consider the ego. Everybody has an ego, everybody. And there's a spectrum, right? You, you, not everyone is an egotistical maniac, but everyone has some a semblance of ego. And Ryan Holiday is someone that I follow uh, in the stoic world. And he, he has a book called Ego is the Enemy. And he'll talk about how success will feed your ego and how that's probably not great um, under the context of success can breed or at least has the potential to cause a couple of things. One of those things is, is entitlement and people thinking that maybe they're entitled to a big buck, right? Mm-hmm. If you're having success, you now believe that you're entitled to having more of that success. And if that success is big bucks, then you think that you are entitled to big bucks. And maybe that's because you found a honey hole, maybe that's because you're hunting private land, but you freaking by golly believe that since you got good at that, you now are of that caliber. It's hard for people to go backwards with things. And that's in society and that's in hunting and so forth. Like if I now that I have a truck, by the way, I don't want to not have a truck. <laughs> now that I have a house, yeah. I don't want to not have a house. Like if I got a 12-point a buck, I don't want to shoot an eight-point buck, right? We only want to go upwards. Um the other thing out of three is is paranoia can start to develop. You start to have some success. Now you're paranoid that everyone else will decimate the deer herd of, of good genes and big bucks. And now I'm paranoid that you're going to mess up the gene pool. Therefore, I'm not going to have an opportunity at these big bucks that I'm striving for. Uh, third is control. So three things. Ego is breeding, right? It's It's entitlement, it's paranoia, and it's control. And under the control context, it's like control over how others use their tags. You're going to tell me how to use my tag now because you want to control what's happening so you can fulfill the entitlement and breed more success around the thing that you think that you have, right? And that that might not be true. I'm applying something to deer hunting that might not actually fit, but boy, oh boy, does that sound like it fits. And when I talk to Michael Waddell and Doug Duran, people that I revere and respect that have some more uh, authority in this space than I do, they talk about ego and hunting, and it's a problem. There's some literal antler measuring contests that are going on here, and I'm all I'm trying to say with OK as hunter, what we're trying to say is that that's okay if that's what like gets your piss hot. But there's more to a hunt than that by our standards. It's time spent with family members that you care about, whether it's your dad, your grandpa, your uncle, your best friend, whoever it is, your mom. Uh, It's memories made a field. It's taking in what God has created. It's an opportunity to be still. It's an opportunity to fill your freezer and feed your family. There's so much more than just the antlers and that's it. And it's also antlers. Like I would love to decorate my house with freaking huge bucks. You kidding me? I'd love that. Of course I would love that. Um, But there's also a recognition of the reality that I live in that I have two side hustles, a day job, which is a career and three kids. So Right now, that just can't be the focus for me because to kill a mature buck, it takes a lot. There's a lot you need to know and do and time you have to have in the woods to execute against that. And if I was killing big bucks with the two or three days of uh, the year that I get to hunt, I'd be a really, really good hunter <laughs> like, or really lucky. Uh, instead, I recognize that I'm okay and and that's okay for now.
0: Yeah, I I think if you if you look at like the whole hunting community and you kind of break it down into like subgroups you kind of got guys that don't really care they just want to shoot a deer and then you have guys on the other end of the spectrum like you said that care about measuring antlers and all that stuff i think if those groups within the whole community would just you know do their thing but be nice to the other ones i think we would be all right but i don't know if we'll ever get there like oh, you said yeah. the, the ego thing man It it's
1: interesting we, we're running ads and we're putting out so much content the number of posts or comments that I see and stuff that we're putting out is like, well, you must not kill big bucks. And I'm like, uh, have you seen our logo? Have you seen our brand? Like do you even like no shit? We don't Yeah, (laughs) We're not saying we do. Hello. Um, But why do you think that that's what I care about? Like my goals aren't your goals, dude. I don't care about that. You know, well, maybe you should you're you're not that's not a good message for conservation. Like, well, there's quality deer management, QDMA, which I'm not bashing them at all. But there's healthy deer management are you considering CWD? Are you considering that you ought to be shooting a younger buck before it has a chance to fricking decimate the herd with CWD before it gets older because it's in its peak freaking breeding stage when it's a young buck. And by the way, we can relate to that as young dudes. What were we doing at 21 chasing freaking women, right? Versus an older buck. I don't give a shit about that. I, I care about my family and my wife. Like, so again, that's not taking the whole picture in different circumstances into consideration. Um, and, and people just need to be more cognizant that like the world you live in, isn't the world. So if I'm hunting in Texas, it's different than hunting in Pennsylvania. If I'm hunting in Pennsylvania, it's different than Florida. If I'm hunting in Florida. It's different than Wisconsin, Michigan, Portland, like not Portland, like Oregon or, or wherever. Like it's different everywhere. And also different states, state states have different regulations. Like you might not even be able to shoot a spike in some states and other states go nuts or 10 does or two does. Like it's just vastly different in in addition to that you have the context of the hunter themselves and where they're at in their journey so just because a guy looks like he's 50 because he's because he is doesn't mean that that's his 50th hunt or whatever like it could be his first at which we had someone that was 50 was it 54 54 reach out to us last week and share a picture my it was a first first freaking deer hunt at age 54 i guarantee that guy shows a picture of a doe or a spike he's getting shit on but no mm-hmm. one knows that that was his first hunt. Bet you he's grinning ear to ear, though. Of course he is, you know? And, and maybe it's my last hunt with my grandpa or my first hunt with my kid. Like there's a spectrum here that exists that, again, kindness should just prevail. When you don't have the context of what's going on, you might want to consider some things first. I saw a video of some, I don't know what happened in the video. I didn't have all the context of the video, but like from what I could gather, um, some dude was like eyeballing this other buff guy and he, it bothered him so much that he went and pushed him. And what he didn't realize is the guy eyeballing was freaking blind. So he just oh pushed a blind guy. And he immediately, immediately felt like remorse and like was apologetic and so forth. But don't attack someone before you have all
0: of the information. Take a second. So back to the the kid seeing the the 180 or whatever killed on YouTube. And he's trying to kill, kill that buck or whatever. Do you think not only is the the person shooting the 180 kind of passing that down to him that you need to shoot a 180 but is he do you think the people like that that maybe that kid or whatever looks up to do you think they pass down you need to buck shame other people i guess like what i'm asking is do you think there there's a lot of buck shaming on social media by people that haven't actually killed deer that caliber so, for example, you know, I jump on social media and I'm like, why would you kill blah, blah, blah? You should only be killing 130s, but I've never killed a 130 in my life. You think that goes on a lot? I'm sure, those trolls. I
1: had a 16 year old tell us what we should be doing with our stuff. And I was like, I said, yeah. you can come talk to us in 15 years when you get to my age. Um, and I'll listen close. I'll listen a little bit more closely to what you have to say. But here's some things to consider along the way. Um, so perhaps. You know, like, I don't need a 16 year old lecturing me on how to do time management, <laughs> which he was trying to do. I'm like, you literally have no concept. You, you have no freaking idea what it's like to serve someone else through marriage and, and be a father and, and like, have a career. <laughs> like, you just, you know, um, but that's a that's an opportunity for me to like teach that kid something right. So yeah. to your question. Yeah, I think there probably are people that are trying to pontificate things that they've had no experience doing themselves. Do I think that guy killing 180 inch deer is trying to send that message? No. However, traditional TV uh, inadvertently had done that. And I feel bad for them because that wasn't the goal or the intention. It was a byproduct of having such a massive audience that they couldn't show failure. They couldn't show aha, silly moments because it would paint the wrong picture to anybody stumbling into that through cable TV. So then the only thing that they ever did show was the success. So then everyone thought you go out in the woods and you kill a big deer. And that's how it is. That's how they do it on TV. In reality, that's not what's really going on. They didn't show you the freaking 18 misses that they had that season because that's not allowed, right? Why would they show? That's not what people want to see. So they don't even those edits don't even make final production on YouTube. It's different. Now we have the hunting public and I think they're doing a lot of great like they they I think they put a video out of like the top five misses of last year and they worked a whole bunch of them. And and that is good for the community to see that even those guys are put, they're putting in the reps. They have the time in the woods. They're not going to kill every damn deer they come across. They're going to make mistakes.
0: Hey guys, real quick ad from our sponsors over at buzzard roost saddles. Buzzard roost saddles are proudly made in the USA and their independent angle adjustments on the top and bottom panels provide the ultimate comfort for those long sits. Buzzard Roost stands by their motto, We Ain't Fancy, and they help you achieve your goal while keeping things simple. You can connect with Buzzard Roost Saddles on Facebook and Instagram, or you can visit their website at buzzardroostsaddles.com. Now, no one wants to see an
1: animal getting injured, so I agree that we probably shouldn't show that because if it's going uh, uh, onto the internet where literally anybody can see it, if you shoot a deer and you injure it and we don't recover it, that makes hunters look bad. So there, there is a fine line there, but for us, we try to celebrate the failures that happen in what I would call like micro moments or, or we've deemed okay as moments where you forget to release, you drop this thing, you goof that shot, you know, like the shot doesn't even go off. There's a hundred things that go wrong before you even have an opportunity. You, you know, maybe you farted and the wind blew to the deer, like stuff like that happens all the time to the best hunters. And we've interviewed some of the best hunters and they've shared those moments with us. And I've, we did that intentionally to show and pave the way that like, look, even the greats make mistakes. How do you think they learned? How do you think they got good? They got good by putting in the reps, trying, failing, 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 failing. And eventually they started to learn enough through that failure to not make those mistakes anymore. And they still make them. It's okay.
0: Overall, do you think, um, you think social media has had a positive or a negative impact? On, you know, I guess the the hunting community as a whole. Um, it's I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but I, I'm curious.
1: Uh, I mean, if I'm quoting Gary Vee, uh, social media is the modern is a slang term for for the modern state of the internet. So human beings are going to do what human beings are going to do. Literally, you know, I'm reading I'm reading a book for the second time through called The Laws of Human Nature, trying to distill how humans function at the core basic level. And every human thinks that they are intelligent to some degree within their realm, whether that's a plumber that has intelligence around the, the workings, inner workings of a house, and how they apply their skill set and their mechanical skills and their political disposition. They all think they're intelligent. People, humans, all think they're intelligent. They all think they have autonomy, that they made their own choices, that they weren't manipulated. Even if your boss told you to do something, you'll find a way to say like, no, I I made that choice. Um, and I'm forgetting the third off the top of my head because I'm too wrapped up in like, you know, getting the answer here. Um, autonomy, intelligence, and and most, and most all humans think that in their own perspective, they are good. Everyone thinks that they themselves are good. So know that when you're arguing with someone, that person thinks that they are right and good and intelligent in their own way and are acting autonomously. And so when I consider those three things, can you rephrase the question?
0: <laughs> yeah, just like kind of overall, hmm. Should we keep posting on social media as hunters oh, or not? Yeah. So
1: when I consider those three things against social media, human beings are going to do what human beings are going to do. This happened when, when, like, literally when the printing press was invented, people thought that that was going to ruin the way we did things. Like, they're, you're going to make people lazy. Like, words were meant to be written on a piece of paper. I can't believe you're going to mass produce this stuff. You're going to make everyone stupid and lazy. This is not acceptable. Radio, TV, so on and so forth same stuff same stuff same stuff now social media is different we have yet to see anything like this and it's still in its infancy we're only like 15 years into social media and uh, it's so consider that against the duration of human beings being you know in where we're at two hundred thousand years or whatever and um it's very new to us it's not normal to interact with this many other human beings that is a newer phenomenon is social media bad for hunting no i think it's probably pretty good because more people are getting exposed to it. Um, We did a post the other day about 10% of the population being hunters, 10% being anti-hunters. Well, you got 80% of people that are just, they never even thought of hunting, they don't even consider hunting. It's not even something that they would ever have like paid any attention to. And now they might be seeing it, right? So we have an opportunity as hunters to captivate non-hunters, people that aren't going to go out of their way to be a-holes to us like the the antis. and so if, we're, if those people are exposed to it, we can bring them into the fold. I think Meat Eater has done a really good job of that. Like, they're the only ones with some short, sort of show on Netflix. Netflix is colossal. And mm-hmm. anybody can trip their way into what the hell is this Meat Eater thing. They can <laughs> trip their way into one of Vernella's books, um, especially the one they just put out for kids. So, And, and not to mention all of the various podcasts that he has, too. So he's casting a pretty wide net. He's definitely probably been a modern pioneer of bringing new people that aren't hunters into the fold. And us existing hunters fear some of that because these people aren't like us. They're not, they're not of the same mind. They haven't brought, been brought up this way. But I look at that as a positive, like we're, we need more numbers at the polls. We need more people that can vote on our behalf to keep this stuff around for generations to come. So, you know, with social media, it's got, it's bad. And that's with literally everything. Um, you can, you could take this to any industry, fashion, beauty uh, you know, beds. I don't give a shit. Pick something. It doesn't matter. You're gonna find your bad stuff. Um, but there is some positivity there, and I am shocked at just how positive TikTok has been for hunting um, from our from our purview. The, we we see so much positivity on TikTok that it's like, for the record, TikTok is the actual number one website in the entire world right now, above Google and YouTube. More people yeah. are spending time on TikTok than any other platform. Hands down, it's a statistic and go look it up. Um, and so with that being said, like, well, most brands are going to start to focus their attention there inside of the next two to three years. And uh, in doing so, like the hunting community is there and they're there in droves and by and large are pretty positive, more positive than what I've experienced on Facebook and, and Instagram. And that's probably because it's newer still and not everyone is there yet. So as people continue to flock to that particular platform, we're probably going to see more negativity coming in because we're going to reach more people, and you're going to have their trolls and so forth. But by and large, I think social media just exposes human nature as as to what it is, um, and it just exposes things that human beings are going to do regardless of whatever media is available to them. And uh, you look all, all not all humans are nice people. Some of them are are jackasses, and that's just the way it is marcus aurelius talks about this in his book meditations that he wrote to himself he talks about look you're going to deal with dumb stupid mean a whole people and that's part of the human experience how you respond to them and how you let them impact you is up to you um but you're going to run into that and and he ran into that as an emperor of rome two thousand years ago and honestly nothing has actually changed in my opinion it's just, <laughs> you'll read meditations and it, it sounds like it was written yesterday
0: so I'm curious to know what what the OKS Hunter thinks about Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett scoring. Do you think it, that kind of takes away from the whole thing or?
1: No, I, you know, that's a tough one. Pope, Pope and Young um, has done a lot to expand their reach in their audience. They've made some changes to their, to their mission and their brand, quite literally. Um, their website's been updated, their brand's been updated and so forth. I think they're trying to um, appease to a wider audience. Like OKS Hunter definitely speaks to a bigger audience than you know someone trying to kill big bucks right more people watch golf than our pro golfers more people watch and the nfl than play football more people like to hunt than kill big bucks so we're definitely speaking to a wider demographic and of course we seem to be pissing off the smaller uh part of that audience which is not the goal or intention it's just a byproduct unfortunately we're trying to do our best with it but i think um yeah i i don't know man uh I keep forgetting the questions. I apologize.
0: (laughs) You're good. Pope and young and Boone and Crockett.
1: Oh, I think (sighs) I would love to know the score of the bucks that I have just because I think that's neat. I think measuring and scoring is just, I don't know how to do it. That just goes to speak to the intricacy and technicality of how it's actually done. So there's something there. It's, it's probably cool to know. I Mm -hmm. personally don't care about that, which is why I probably don't actually know how to do it um, at all. And there's something to be said about getting the biggest thing. And if that's how it's measured, fine. You know, do I think there's more value in looking at the teeth of a deer to determine the age? Um, Maybe. But at some point, there's a diminishing return there. If a buck gets too old, it's probably going to get pretty freaking stupid and complacent. And it's like, you know, shooting an old geezer. Is it really that great to shoot the oldest buck in the woods? No, you want to shoot the one in its prime. And I understand (laughs) the challenge that exists there. If you're going to shoot a buck in its prime, that's going to outsmart a lot of folks with its senses. There's something to be said about that. So, again, that goes back to, to each his own, to my tag, my hunt. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. What, what I have a problem with is you thinking that that makes you better than. And I think it was Waddell that said, look, somewhere there's a kid that just shot a freaking monster buck. That's 12. And here you are putting face paint on and you're 38 and you think it's the most masculine badass thing in the world. And Michael Waddell on our podcast said, look, hunting don't make you badass. It's badass that you get to hunt. So just keep it in perspective. At the end of the day, it's a freaking deer, right? Like, it's a deer. It's a deer. And I will give credit to people that can do it with, uh, you know, a trad bow versus a compound bow versus a rifle. Those are different circumstances. At some point, you got to bring that thing in real close. And I know and we all know that's really hard to do. So certainly going to reward and congratulate those people. But if you're going to turn it into a dick measuring contest, because your ego needs it that's that's fine i guess just don't then be an a-hole to someone else about it this is a community that there's a brotherhood that we're all proud to be a part of that we all uh, have some common ground on so just I, i'm trying to take the teeth out of it
0: to some degree so how, how do we deal with negative feedback on on social media when it comes to hunters bashing other hunters do we tell them to go fuck themselves do we try to make a lesson out of it do we try to make amends do we just uh delete the comment and move on what's the best route to, to go on
1: it like i believe there's only so like if you have 100 energy points in a day and and for me like those energy points need to be going to my kids in my career like by and large that's it like i need to further my career do a good job do good work and i need to be a present dad for my kids so if all of a sudden i have you know 20 points to spend on them uh, 30 points to spend on my kids now I'm at 50 and if I have a raining 50 to like you know deal with my you know give to my wife and if suddenly 70 were consumed because I'm perseverating on some shit comment because I'm getting all fired up and, and like hot-headed about it that's detracting from my family life that's detracting from my career so for me there's a piece of self-awareness that comes into it where I'm like okay pump the fucking brakes here I can't I can't like maybe I do need to delete this comment because I just don't have the capacity or the energy points to deal with this today however rather than fight fire with fire I make a concerted effort, me, myself, that sounds stupid, me, Tyler, my co-owner uh, in this business, Greg and Derek, we're of the mindset that we ought to kill them with kindness. So as much as we can stand to tolerate the shit remarks that come through, some of the some of the threads you can go into and, and it actually does resolve itself in like, a, okay, we're good now. Like we work through that and it's fine. What happens is you get keyboard warriors and when you challenge them, suddenly they're either going to do one of two things in my experience. They're going to like dig in and become more a ish about it because you're challenging their belief system. And, and that that goes back to human nature. That's not like a good way to approach things. Um, it's going to put the defenses up. So you're going to you're just going to be butting heads, butting heads, butting heads, which happens Sometimes. Uh, but the other thing that can happen is if you if you take a different approach, you can soften those walls a little bit. They can come down and you can get to some resolution. And maybe that person isn't going to change and that's okay. But we don't need to be like fighting fire with fire all of the time. So for us, because we're a brand and people are looking on to our brand and seeing what we're doing, we are not going to be the A-holes. We're, I'm not going to go down to your level and if that's where you're going to go with things we'll duck out maybe i'll delete the comment maybe we'll just stop and say cheers good luck this season like we're done with that then um but most of the time we're going to go into it with them and we're going to try to get them to see our vision in the bigger picture here and usually i'll take that to like look man we, we can't be the neck trying to bite the head off like you can't punch the guy to the left and the right of you in the face when the enemy is coming over the hill like we should first get our house in order fight the fight that's coming our way and after that, if you want to address some of these things, fine. We can address it, but you can be civil and diplomatic about it. So for us, it's always ki- kill them with kindness. We're always going to be the bigger person in most of these situations. Every now and again, it'll get the better of me. Uh, but by and large, most of what you're going to see, and you can go look, man, you can go look on TikTok. You can see the freaking 58 comments on one thread with two dudes that are just hellbent on being an asshole. And that goes to the, the quote from like the Dark Knight like, some people just like to watch the world burn. And that is what it is. They just want to serve the pot. Literally people have admitted like, oh yeah, no, I'm just here to freaking serve the pot. I'm like, well, that, you're a jackass. Yeah. You're just a mm-hmm. jackass. And in, in person, I'd probably freaking drink a beer with you because I can be a jackass too. But like, come on, man, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, I kind of got a little scenario kind of thing here, but kind of goes with where hunters get their ethics from. But if you take a guy, just a blank mold, And he doesn't have any friends or family that hunts. So first place he probably goes is Google or YouTube or something. Um, You know, he may stumble across your podcast or he may stumble across a podcast that only talks about killing big bucks. Now, from that moment, no matter um, which one he clicks on is probably going to determine which route he goes as far as like I'm a big buck guy or like I'm just like an okayest guy. Do you think like. I guess for someone like getting into hunting and doing their own thing, what's a good way to um, maybe not get caught up in all the unrealistic expectations and kind of stay on the straight and narrow.
1: You're, you remember when your parents told you to not do something and you did it anyways? Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. And you're like, fuck you. I'm gonna do what I want. Like the best way to learn is to do something yourself. So, us telling someone the path they should take is irrelevant, I think, because, you know, my parents said, don't do this, that, and the other thing. I did all of those things, and I learned the hard way, and I think as humans, we tend to learn things the hard way, and I'm not saying that a hunting journey is a hard way of doing something, but mm-hmm. you know, there is a journey of a hunter, and and it is like, you know, oh, learn deer sign, deer movement, uh, terrain, topo, wind, so forth. There is this, like, kind of stereotypical way that you can go about it and it's not the same for everybody. Um, public land pride versus private land ownership and then you realize that like look it's not really that different you know it, it, the military is like Marine Corps versus Army. It's like well yeah, yeah but, you know you're all you're all part of the United States serving a country. You're all in Iraq you're all you know you have different jobs right it's, a different, it's different parts of the armed forces and the Department of Defense like Marine Corps is a spearhead the army occupies like you, you're literally trained for different fucking things so in the sense of you know, deer hunting, as you go through that life cycle, like I, I see my uncle who, um, and he listens, so I'm not sure if he'll pick up the pieces here um, to this podcast or not, but he, he's killed bigger deer than most anybody I've seen on social media, you know, bigger deer than Dan Infall, bigger deer than the hunting public guys, bigger deer than, than a lot of the whitetail crib guys, right? And, and or he could be an episode of whitetail cribs to be quite honest, but he's like in his late 70s and he still hunts. And he's a better hunter than I will probably, maybe not ever be, but he's so wise and understands deer at a chest level magnitude that he's gotten to the point where he's like, well, mature buck, not mature buck. He looks at mature bucks like uh, a, mature buck, a, tr- a mature buck hunter might look at a spike buck to the point where he's now just uh, doing photography in nature. And capturing hmm. that, he just likes the moments. And it'll take a lot for him to consider shooting a deer. It would have to be a colossal deer for him to shoot it at this point. And to that end, once you get to that point, it's about the memories. It's about the time of field. It's about the experience. It's about something such so much different than the antlers. Um, to the point where, like, going back to the... the to the, So we had a... Um, someone said, oh, yeah, I used to shoot deer like that when I was 14. I'm like, well, you realize this is the internet and 14 year olds are on the internet and they follow our brand. And someone that 14 is hunting now today. So you just made them feel like shit by the way. And someone is 14 right now experiencing what 14 year olds experience in the woods, which is different than what you're going to experience. So like, don't shit on that. Um, So we're not saying it like we are, you know, 36 hunting like a 14 year old. Uh, I am doing mature buck type hunting and I don't ever want to get it twisted. I am after what I'm after because that's what I'm after right now. And I'm doing what makes sense for me. But if you go through the I'm a young hunter, I'm a mature buck hunter. At some point, there's different threshold that you're going to cross where certain things are going to matter more to you than other things. And so for my uncle, it's like he's got grandkids now and he wants to teach them how to hunt and how to hunt mature deer he gets more value out of that than shooting the mature buck so everyone's got their their stride their time and place to do whatever they're going to do so i think there's just different checkpoints along the journey that people will find themselves in and what what i see though is the people that are in a certain checkpoint of the mature buck state so to speak that they feel the need to be like i'm the best hunter And the way that I do it is the best way. And, uh, you know, this is the this is the best thing you can do for deer hunting because of QDMA or whatever. Um, I'm always just saying, well, there's there's more to it than that. (laughs) But but if that's your thing, there's a lot to to challenging yourself and challenge and doing challenging things and killing mature animal is a really challenging thing to do. It's freaking difficult. There's a reason that only so many people are good at doing it. And there's there's a reason there's so much thirst of knowledge to learn how to do it because it's not freaking easy. So I commend anybody that can do it. I think it's great. Like Cody DeQuisto has been on my podcast. He's awesome. Uh, We've talked to Zach Farinbaugh. He's awesome. We've talked to Infault. He's great at killing big bucks. Uh, We've talked to so many people that have killed big deer to learn how they do it. And But one thing I'll note, and this is maybe a sidetrack, is um, people that complain that OKS hunters so to speak are decimating the gene pool and, and ruining the opportunity to kill big bucks is I've never heard any of the actual big buck killers that are publicly notar, notar, like notable uh, ever say that someone else is ruining their chance at killing a mature buck if you're actually good at killing deer you're going to go kill big deer period Yeah, you're going to do it and, uh, and, and, and the difference is uh, an okayist hunter shooting a spike buck is not even hunting on the same freaking caliber as a mature buck hunter Right. If I'm Johnny Joe lunchbox, I'm going to go hunt the same old spot, uh, the same old time, the same old year, the same old way every time that's, you know, 100 yards from the road because that's the legal area which I can travel to to make it okay to shoot a buck. You're not going to see a mature buck. You're going to see a spike buck. And if that's what they want to hunt, good for them. Who freaking cares? They bought a tag. They support a conservation. Good for you. You know, they're not going to impede on your ability to kill a mature buck anyways. What are you even talking about? So... I've never heard actual mature buck hunters that are successful complain about this shit. So to your question, you know, are the people that aren't doing it complaining? Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, and where do they get it from? I have no clue. Uh, you know, hunting is very visceral. They learned it from, you know, their dad and their dad and their dad and their dad, right? Like this stuff that's passed down. If you're, I have a hard time not discriminating against people, but it is something that like happens maybe subconsciously how do, oh, i'm it, going a long rant dude i'm sorry i don't know if this is how your
0: podcast normally goes but I'm <laughs> uh, huffing and it's here. good it's good i like to l- let my guests talk and get their thoughts out i was kind of thinking uh as, as you were talking maybe the the last two minutes of this might be turned into a tiktok because i kind of like where you're going with that but um is there really a way to put a end of buck shaming and and Hunters bashing other hunters—is it ever going to end? Probably not, right? I don't know, man. We got to guest on Wired to Hunts
1: podcast because he hit an epiphany in his hunting journey. Mark Kenyon was like, "Oh, am I taking this too seriously?" Like I've—he literally talked about how he has taken the fun out of it for himself. So he is taking a step back, considering he is writing books, working for Meat Eater, raising a family. That maybe, just maybe, he doesn't need to beat himself up for not killing the biggest buck any longer because he stated on that episode with us that he wasn't having fun like it's deer hunting if you think about the first experience you ever had deer hunting it was probably a ton of fun it was exhilarating you were excited you were excited to see a deer even have an opportunity to shoot one if you shot one you were like shitting your pants you know like what happened to that feeling if if you're beating yourself up too much and again it goes to like depends on what you're Ambition is like your actions should match your ambition. If your ambition is to shoot the biggest deer and break records, you're gonna have to do some shit that's really hard. You're gonna have to let go of some things and do some things that are very different. I'm telling you what, I am not at that place in life to be able to do that. If I were to do that, I'd have to cancel out being a dad and having a career, honestly, like Mm. because it wouldn't freaking happen because it takes some serious dedication. And if you can do that, good, great. And if you want to challenge yourself, go for it. You know, how do we end it? We have to raise awareness. I think that's kind of happening. We seem to be doing that. Other people have been doing it too. There's been writers that have published articles about deer shaming even two years ago, as we were getting our start. Uh, I know I talked to a writer the other day that was saying they their neighbor came up to them and said like, "Hey man, I'm sorry for shooting this deer. I, I, I you know, it's not the biggest one, and uh, you know I know you take hunting pretty seriously, so I'm really sorry that that happened." And the guy was like, "What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I'm sorry if that's what you gathered from me being a serious hunter. You should do whatever the hell you want." I'm happy for you. Let's go have a beer together. You know, like someone had enough awareness to realize that they were putting out a message that they didn't even know was impacting other people. Um, so raising awareness, we use humor, right? We we focus on humor and relatability to to get our message out and to bring people in closer to the fray and realize what we're really trying to do here. But at the end of the day, it's just most people are good with this stuff. Most people are on board. There's a small percentage of folks that are being jackasses about it. And, you know, unfortunately, a bad egg can ruin the bunch. So it's important for us to fight the good fight. You know, we use the hashtag no buck shame. If you see someone shaming a deer, tag, you know, use a hashtag. We'll search it. And, and the OKS Hunter Nation will kill them with kindness. And, uh, you know, what we're hoping to do then is just praise the people that have done something like, if it were me, what I would have liked to see is more congratulations on the deer that I got than than people shooting on me. So we just want to outweigh that where we can. Uh, going back to Gary Vaynerchuk, someone that I admire in the marketing world, is like, you know, uh, let's make kindness louder, and that's it. Let's do the same thing for the hunting space. Do you have a Do you have a picture of the the first deer you killed? You with it? I do. Somewhere I have it. Uh, it's probably on my own personal Facebook. Uh, Uh, it might be on our OKS hunter somewhere. We post so much that you'd have to really dig for it. So I could probably find it if you were looking. I'm going to have to
0: have it for the thumbnail for this episode.
1: Yeah, I can find it and there'll be more buck shame
0: or deer shame to come along with it. Certainly. (laughs) So, um, I guess future of hunting, um, kind of just wrap it up here, but the, the future of hunting, the buck shaming and hunters bashing other hunters beside the point, Where do you think hunting's going to be in the future? Maybe let's look at 20 years, 50 years, maybe a hundred years. Not that it matters to us, but it matters to our kids and grandkids. So
1: as a dad with kids and hopefully grandkids, I hope that it's still here. I hope we still have access to public lands. I hope that, you know, it's still something that is something that we can do. Honestly, like I will never, ever forget when I shot my first buck with my bow uh, and it just happened to be in public land. I don't use public land as like a badge of honor necessarily. I just, that's all I have access to because I don't own land because I'm you know, poor necessarily. Uh, so what happens when you start businesses, you just, all your money goes into that. But um, I shot a buck. It died. I couldn't believe it. Like literally, I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening. I got one. <laughs> and uh, I called my wife on FaceTime and I said, hey, I got one. She's like, no, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. And she goes, what What'd you get? I said, a buck. She's like, bullshit. I'm like, no, I really did. I swear to God. I'm like, it's right here. Look at it. She's like, is that thing dead? I'm like, of course it's dead. I'm not standing over it. <laughs> if it's alive. Like, oh, <laughs> As God, it jumps God. up and runs off. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I thought that could happen. And then uh, she puts my daughter on who is three or four at the time. And uh, my daughter said, Dad, did you get one? I said, I did. And she goes, was it a buck? I said, it is. She goes, can we eat it? I said, yep. And we freaking cooked up those back straps that same night um, or those loins. So like to me, what a moment, you know, honestly. And and with her being inquisitive about it, we do this thing called cookies and deer. And uh, to get her, to incentivize her to watch deer hunting with me and chill on the couch and sit still and stop talking because she doesn't shut up. Oh, or still, smart. I'll take I will make chocolate chip cookies with her. And, uh, you know, I buy like, you know, the tub of Nesco or whatever the hell it is, uh, chocolate chip cookies, and we add almonds to them. And then we bake them. I have her help me with the spoon. We put on the thing on the cookie. We put in the oven. We cook them. And then we do, you know, cookies and milk. And I get to sit down with my daughter and my son uh, and watch the hunting public. <laughs> and that's cookies and deer. So, you know, I certainly hope that it's around for their sake and for their kids' sake. And anything I can do to like strengthen the existing community that we have and help grow it um, is something that I'm deeply incentivized to do, just intrinsically, to make sure that this stays around for generations to come. Um, you know, can one person change the world? I don't know. I big Sean, uh, had a rap about it. Like, can you know, one person change the world, right? Like I'm a big, big Sean guy. Uh, and, and I like, I like the rap that he puts out quite a bit. I relate really to it a lot. And so, yeah, am I one person that can change the world? I don't know, probably not, but you know, as a, as a community, can we make a difference? I think so. Um, so I'm happy to be the, the, you know, the face of it. If I can detract ego from as much as possible, I try to not put myself ahead of our team that we have. So.
0: I think I think you guys are doing good over there at OKS Hunter. You seem to be growing. So uh I think you guys keep trekking on. You're gonna have a hell of a following here in 10 years, 20 years. You're gonna be
1: we'll see. We'll see how it number goes.
0: one space, maybe. Hopefully.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. it yeah, to-
0: so um yeah. J- just real quick, um, for anybody that's maybe not listen to your podcast do you guys have anything exciting coming up for this year or or a special guest coming on or can you not say
1: oh yeah no we're we're guest wise i don't know i don't even know what's on the agenda um but we we hired six new writers um that have produced some pretty strong um pieces for bigger publications like meat eater and wide open spaces and a bunch of others so we're happy to know that those folks feel like they can write for us um so excited for that we, our foam fest our first ever in-person event is happening in august on the 27th that'll be uh fingers crossed at a brewery local to us here in wisconsin called hubbleton brewery um so we're, we're getting into our own event stuff it's a 3d archery shoot but really it's about flinging arrows and then drinking beers it's not a big emphasis on flinging arrows and we're gonna give away a bunch of stuff a couple of bear archery bows and much other things that we do with the, some of the partners we work with. And beyond that, uh, you know, we're doing some other events with some other folks. We're doing a back country, back country hunters and anglers event, uh, July 31st. We're doing an event with half rack on August 20th. Uh, we have ours on August 27th. We're doing trade shows or we're going to do a bunch more trade shows in 2023. Uh, we've already committed to the uh, open season trade show in March in the Wisconsin Dells. We did that one last year as our first trade show. Um, yeah man no i i don't know that's kind of new hats are launching this week i think we got like 500 new hats in uh yesterday so we got to get those up on our site uh we're gonna launch flannels new koozies new hats so we're gonna get into some product development um so yeah we're definitely trying to move the needle where, where we can
0: yeah sounds like you guys are uh guys are trucking on 500 hats that's a fucking hat
1: yeah we have more than that i think we have like a thousand but just 500 of them
0: showed up yesterday so it's it's getting weird. <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Can you tell everybody um, where to find OKS Hunter? Um, I'm sure you guys are on most social media platforms, but maybe just throw them out there just in case.
1: Yeah, if you just if you go to okshunter.com, okayest.com, dot uh, com, okay or okshunter.com, you'll you'll find what you need to find there, and you can certainly find us on all social platforms: TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn um reddit you know we're we're trying to be as omnipresent as as possible um we also have our own website for the podcast itself which is just OKS 100 it's a different website for the podcast but uh yeah you know hopefully if you if you listen this long and you, you tune in you'd you like to we had to say and then you feel curious to check out some more stuff we'd be happy to hang out with you guys in some way shape or form
0: yeah be sure to check them out guys they do uh on their facebook and linkedin probably what all do you guys live stream your uh show on every week
1: uh tiktok
0: facebook youtube and twitter yeah so they got it going on over there you can call into the show and, and and talk to them and it's pretty pretty cool well eric i'll uh i'll let you get out of here i appreciate you coming on and uh i'll catch up with you sounds good buddy thank you all right man i'll see ya. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hunt the Wild podcast. If you enjoyed the show and it's brought you some sort of value, I'd love if you could give me a rating and a review. Just a few seconds of your time can help me better understand the type of content you all enjoy, and it would mean the world to me to hear from all of you.